Welcome to Rock and Ice's My Epic Podcast, presented by Outdoor Research. I'm Daniel Tachik. As you already know, Outdoor Research has been at the forefront of mountain equipment innovation since 1981. Their products have shown them to be committed to improving the climber and alpinist's experience with awesome gear, from jackets to gaiters to bivy sacks. It's not about summits for OR. It's not about finish lines or sends. It's the journey. So if you've got a journey in the near future, check them out. You will not regret it. Climbing is inherently stressful. Add in a swarm of bees, and you have what we call an epic for the ages. Thank you, Outdoor Research, for your continued support of this podcast and the sport as a whole. Their dedication to innovation and high-quality products is unmatched. All right, here we go. I hiked alone to a cliff where I hoped to bolt rock climbs. Partners were just hard to come by in the remote Maya Mountains outside of Belmopan, Belize. I'd been collecting field samples for an environmental impact study covering the district, but I'd saved this particular GPS grid line for a long, dry afternoon. The area was directly adjacent to a different crag that I had recently developed, and the coordinates fell right over a large, streaked belly of clean limestone. So I fixed a 70-meter rope to a tree and tossed it down the cliff. I peered over the edge and hoped the rope reached the ground. I clipped in and rappelled down some 50 feet to a ledge, then stopped to chop with my machete through some soft trumpet trees that clung loosely to the karst formation. I punched a messy hole, threw my rope through it, and carried on. At that point, the rope must have disturbed a colony of bees, because I was soon engulfed in an angry cloud of buzzing and stinging. Each bee buzzed full throttle past my ears like a revving race car engine. Instinct sent me rushing back up to the ledge, climbing on trees and aerial roots, anything I could grab a hold of. At the ledge, I unroped and fled to the farthest edge, but bees just kept coming in exponentially accelerating numbers. They mainly attacked my head, bulleting into my eyes, my ears, mouth, and nose. As they crawled into the vents of my helmet, I threw it down and they were soon thick and massed on my head. In a slight moment of clarity, I stopped pacing the ledge, quit screaming and rubbing dirt into my head, deflected the idea of jumping, and began to focus on my only real option. As soon as I managed to find and clip into my rappel device, I took up slack in the rope and jumped, hoping to bypass the hive. Unfortunately, as I skidded down, I plowed into a knot right above the spot where the nightmare had started in a cacophony of noise, panicked, and with my eyes clenched shut against the onslaught. I held my weight with one hand and with the other attempted to fish out the loops. The tangle remained stuck, and I saw myself dying up there, just hanging from my rope. Almost embarrassingly, I remembered a line from the TV show Game of Thrones, and there is only one thing we say to death. Not today. 
Mustering another try, I rubbed the beads temporarily from one eye and again clutched the knot. I fingered the problematic loop, pushed it into others, and felt the kinks pop through. Nearly blind, I hurried on down toward the bottom. I had to free one more knot, but rejoiced to see that the rope fell to the dirt. I touched down feeling like I was one step ahead of the bees, but they caught up before I was even able to pull the rope tail through my device. I dashed for the river, a quarter mile away, crashing on weak legs straight downhill through the jungle. The cut end of a cahoon frond snagged my ribcage, and I nearly fell on my machete blade. Realizing it still hung from my harness, I dashed it away. Don't pass out. Stumbling on, I spotted ferns and the river and collapsed into the cool, clear water. As I emerged, I saw that my attackers had finally relented. I was conscious, and the sun shone on my face. I attempted to stand, but all my muscles had constricted, so I resorted to pawing and rolling in the shallow rapid. I crawled up the riverbank to my jeep, tried to unlock it, but fell down. I lay in the tall grass shaded by aromatic orange trees, looking up. Bliss. No. Shock. I rocked my body up and threw for the bracket that held the side mirror. Got it! I hung on, clumsily fiddling with the lock until it popped open. The door swung out and knocked me flat again. I dragged myself up, started the engine, and took off, careening through the citrus rows of an orange tree plantation. I laid on the horn until I found an employee. He shrank back in shock, saying, Abejas Africanas! I barked, Ayudame, estoy muriendo! Help me, I'm dying! He didn't know how to operate the transmission, so I reached over from the passenger seat to shift while he fishtailed us down the rocky, two-track road across the river into the plantation buildings. At the main gate, I waited as he and other workers gathered and conversed. Finally, to speed things up, I yelled, opened the door, and rolled out onto the dirt. No one around wanted to touch me for fear that the bees were still moving around in my hair and clothes. Then, I opened my eyes to see a massive tractor tire skidding to a stop close to where I lay. A young man jumped down in a cloud of dust and diesel fumes, and assured me in English Creole that we would get moving, quote-unquote, right now. He helped me out of the dirt and into my Jeep, and drove a half an hour to the hospital while I just rolled around and vomited all over the back seats and attempted to radio my co-workers, resisting the urge to sleep. Arriving in the antiquated ER of Belmopan's only hospital, I convulsed violently while nurses cut my hair with a straight razor and began to pull a multitude of stingers out from all over my body. My brother, who was also working and collecting biological samples in the area, had heard the radio chatter and reached the hospital within minutes. He was told by doctors that I was unlikely to survive the night, which passed restlessly in the short birthing bed that I was assigned. My neck stiffened so that I could barely move it, and dark fluids leaked from nearly every orifice. The next day I traveled by ambulance to Belize City, about an hour away. There I lay for several days with failing kidneys and liver. I must have been the youngest person there on dialysis by 20 years. I squinted through swollen eye slits and pushed spoons of food past lips that would make even Jagger jealous. 
The dialysis pulled me through. My parents arrived, and eventually I was doing well enough to return to the States for further supervision and testing. A month after the incident, I was back in Belize. What now? I'm better, at least physically. I keep thinking that after this scare, I would settle down a little, right? Choose one of the many locales I've fallen in love with, apply for residency, and dig in. But considering the overflow of emotion I'm experiencing, I'm far too excited to be alive to be settling down, even on my own terms. I'm tempted to tear a hole into my savings, blow all my money on plane tickets, and reunite with all the little dirtbag families I've ever been a part of over the years. I want to go around the world hugging each and every friend, girlfriend, student, and mentor I've met along the way. Whatever I do, life is all the more precious. Thanks for tuning in. We really, really appreciate all the support this podcast has gotten. I'd like to thank Noisy Waters for the music. Thanks for listening, and again, thank you, Outdoor Research, for helping us bring these stories to life. 